<laughs> Yo, what's up, podcast? It's Freddie and Freddie, because we're ready and we're back. That was a lame intro, but that's what I said to Hassan just before I recorded this. Um, it's been a while because whatever, you know, I forget the damn excuses. I always got some bullshit excuse. And I'm pretty sure all of you are <laughs> sick of it. It's been two weeks since the last podcast, but we're back now. So whatever. I cool. Let's just get into it. Last game, Real Madrid. It was shit. I don't know what else to tell you. It was a 2-2 draw against Villarreal. One person got sent off. I don't even know what to say anymore, so screw that. It's done. It's dusted. Let's just look into the future. Uh, well, I mean, like, yeah, let's recap since that game. Anyway, it's been international break, as we all know. Some players went on international duty. Some of them didn't. Um, Eden Hazard, recovering from injury, didn't go join Belgium. James Rodriguez, recovering from injury, didn't join Colombia. Marcelo, same thing uh, with Brazil. Also, I feel like even if he was fit, he probably wouldn't be selected because he hasn't been that sharp lately. Hassan, you have some yeah. things to share. Um, some cool I mean, it's tidbits, nuggets of information that happen over the international break. A few. Now, yeah, go, go, go. Um, so, I mean, you, you will start with sort of one of the lighter ones, I guess. Vinicius got his first Brazil call-up, which was uh, nice to see. Uh, didn't have the greatest games though, well, greatest of games, sorry, even. Um, I think Brazil actually lost the game that he debuted in, which wasn't great. I think it was against was Peru. That against Peru? Yeah, 2 1 against Peru. You, I know think what? It was you know what, though? Big ups to Peru, okay? Ever since that 2018 World Cup, I've kind of been like following them a little bit. Um, it's just like, man, there's just so much like passion, spirit from that country and their people. Like, they're a very yeah. dogged side for sure. Like they're so tough. Yeah, um, they, like they're rough and tough, and like they get in there. Like they don't shy away. And you know what? The fact that you beat Brazil, it shows like you, you, you know, like you can punch above your weight class. You, you may not have big names, but hey, if you can get the job done, a dub's a dub. So good on that. Yeah, exactly, man. Friendly or not, you know, wins to the win. Um, who else sort of featured? I mean, obviously, you had Ramos uh, breaking records as. Ramos seems to do quite often these days. Which is pretty to the top 10 scorers for Spain, which is nuts for a defender. Uh, I think he now has 108 career goals, which, again, for a defender is just crazy. Stupid. Um, and he also became Spain's all-time appearance maker as well, which is also a nice bit to see taken over the legendary Ike Casillas. Um, other than that, there wasn't a, a massive amount that went on for it. Real Madrid players crossing the natural break. I think Casemiro took Brazil captaincy, which was good to see. Um, it's nice to see him taking that sort of role. I think he's going to take it on permanently from what I read. I think Tiet pretty much willing to give him the leadership role, stripping the prima donna that is Neymar, which is a very good move because at the end of the day, you've actually got a man who's willing to lead your team, not sort of just trying to assume all and every responsibility possible. Um so, yeah, no, that was a nice thing to see. Other than that, it wasn't really that interesting for the, from a Real Madrid perspective. Um, I think Odegaard had a good game as well, but I can't remember who he played against for the life of me. Um, not, not, nothing like super, super, oh my God, notable, because, of course, yeah, no qualifiers, yeah. right? So it's not, there's nothing really high stakes as of yet. Uh, but, of course, we'll keep you updated if something really cool does happen. Yeah, literally, it wasn't it, it wasn't too spectacular too. Ramos is probably the most spectacular thing, really, but that was just in the case that he broke some records. Other than that, there was no hat-tricks or anything like that. Nobody really sort of took the ball by the horns, per se. There was a bit of shit-housery in yeah. Jovic, then being sort of injured, then not injured, and then he is injured, and then he's not injured. 
I hate, <laughs> I hate when national federations pull this kind of stuff. And it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, just like, if he's injured, like, send him back. This is supposed to benefit all of us. Like, don't, don't, you know, mess around Damage with him. Damage him, yeah. Just send him back how you found him. Exactly. That's exactly how it is. International break, you get to borrow this person. And like you said, send him back how you found him. Anyway. I think that kind of wraps up international break. Before we go into men's side, because now there is a women's side to talk about, which I love and I'm so happy about. Yeah, of course, yeah. Chacon had their first game last weekend. It was on my birthday, which I was super happy about. But then they got thumped 9-1. Yeah. Which I wasn't super happy about. But I did write an article about it, just kind of expressing. It's an editorial, really. Um, why I think people need to just take it easy just a tad and you got kind of like got to trust the process it's going to take a while for this team to like get up there with Barca and Atleti and I think Valencia's team is also pretty good their women's team is pretty good so be patient don't knock the team I mean this was the first game for a side that just got promoted to the first division this team started only in 2014 and they played a Barcelona who, if you guys don't know or forgot, were the runner-ups in last year's Champions League final where they lost to Lyon. So, you know what? The fact that you played your first game ever against the runner-ups of a Champions League team is a, is a tall order. It's, it's not going to be a simple task. There's eight new players in this side. I think six, five of them started the game. So, there's still like so much chemistry to be worked out. It's just like men's football, guys. It's the same thing. Like, Eden Hazard has come in and, you know, go 10 games scoring a goal and five assists. I mean, if he does, great. But everything takes time. Chemistry needs to get there. It's just that link up. It just, it needs to start sparking. And I think when it does, then it's going to be deadly. But yeah, they're going to be playing their next game this Saturday as well again, I believe. I don't know the opponent because I didn't look it up yet. So I'll look it up. But yeah, yeah, it's just one of those, as you said, it's it's a completely new, it's literally like starting a new club period. It's not like a transition a, a transition phase where you kind of come in, sort of like what's going on with the men's team, where you've got a bunch of sort of aging players and you need to rotate the squad again and get some new new blood in. It's literally like starting from scratch completely. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen overnight. And as you said, Barcelona's women's team is just very good. I mean, they beat uh, Juventus' women's team yesterday in the Women's Champions League 2 yeah. 0, and they were a man down. Yeah. Well, but Barcelona seems deadly. I, like, I don't, Licky Martins didn't even play that game. And she's, she's a Dutch player, one of the best strikers in football right now. So, I mean, not 9 1, it could have been a lot worse, to be fair. It could have been yeah, much it could have been, but people need to just chill out with the pessimism, man. It's just like, all the sort of negativity coming over from like the, the obviously the guys who are watching the men's side and they're skipping over to the women's side like oh not even our women's side can do well. It's like where's the context in any of what you've just said? Yeah, it's like, very reactionary, guys. Don't be so reactionary. Like just look at the whole picture. And you know what? A positive side is that one goal that they did score. That goal was wicked. Like it was. Yeah, it literally looked like it got pulled right from the training ground and onto the pitch, and it was just like boom. It, it was actually a sick goal. I loved it. The yeah, glen- no, it was well worked. It was definitely well worked. But it's going to take a long time for this to, to, to really sort of get going. I mean, 
the, the obviously they've as you said first first time in that in that division and there's just there's a long way to go yeah it's going to be a good few years it's not going to be a couple seasons sort of job it's going to be a good few years or you're probably like four or five years minimum yeah. before that side is fully functioning you know fighting on all fronts for every trophy in, in the women's game so yeah. people need to just chill chill out <laughs> let, let the process unfold and enjoy it yeah, realistically, the, the goal right now for this season is stay afloat. Don't get sent back down and don't get relegated. Like, that, that is what it is because, you know, you've spent all this money and investment now. Like, you want to at least stay in contention for next season. And the only way you draw more top talent, you know, of course, you're under the Real Madrid brand, banner, excuse me, so it brings in a lot of players. A lot of people are interested, like Kosovaro Aslani, I mean, the reason why she came to Tacon because is because is because it is under that Real Madrid umbrella, and you know next year it's going to be branded as actual Real Madrid Femenina. But yeah, exactly. And she even said as much in a in a, uh, a statement recently. Yeah, and, it's and like yeah, I could have like gone to a Champions League players. club. I could have gone to this. Could that? I could have gone to that and the other. Yeah. Um, but she chose to come to this because it's Real Madrid. It's the biggest club in the world. And you know what? It, it translates to it translates to the men's side. Don't get me wrong. The three-peat was incredible. But I feel like I can't be the only one in feeling this way. But they all started to... Each... The one... The next one didn't seem as great as the one before it. Because you get used to that feeling. That, mm-hmm. like, desire and drive isn't there. And that's why I think, like, the journey is just so much more fun. Like, that ride to the top is more exciting than actually being at the top. Like, La Decima was like, oh my god. And then Un Decima was like, ah, right, sick, we're back at it again. Duo Decima was like, oh, cool. Okay, we won again. That, that That's good. And then the 13th was like, oh, okay. Yay, I guess. I mean, it was fun, but not as impactful. That's just my opinion. I'm sure some of you may have felt like that. But anyway... We'll wrap up the Tacon talk, unless you have something else to say, Hassan. Sorry. No, no, I just, I'll just uh, agree with what you said. That they need to uh, enjoy the process and enjoy the ride. That you know, inevitably will end up going, you know, to the, the pinnacle of the women's game. It's just going to take time, and yeah. they need to be afforded such such time. Next game is against Sporting Huelva. It's this Saturday, uh, September fourteenth at twelve p.m. Uh, their opponent that they're playing against didn't win their first game either, so it'll be a first. Well, I guess you could also tie. So it'll be a first for either team. It's either a tie or one's going to win because both of them can't lose. <laughs> guys don't know how football works. It, you both can't lose. Um, anyway, back to the Real Madrid men's side. Uh also playing oh my god i just looked at the time it is seven o'clock in the morning seven in the morning wow well, the next game it's a, a midday kickoff isn't it i mean it's okay for me because that's literally smack bang in the middle of the afternoon it's perfect well, I, I don't know if you know Hassan, but you're not the only one on the planet that needs to watch <laughs> real madrid games <laughs> honestly well set your alarms <laughs> if you live in north america set your alarms if you're on the east coast not so bad if you're central and pacific god help you i feel bad because that would be, what, 6 and 4 o'clock in the morning. That's absolutely insane. <sighs> anyway, it's against Levante. Uh, Hassan, this is likely going to be the game Eden Hazard finally debuts for Real Madrid. Oh, waiting. Just just waiting. Drooling. Salivating. Literally, yeah. Just <laughs> a, 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 everything. 
you can possibly imagine just my eyes are watering i'm drooling everything my knees are weak (laughs) right now the table is looking a bit weird after three games of course this will be match week four at the top of the table is atletico madrid respectable they're three for three then you have atletico bilbao sevilla who are tied well second and third because actually no their goal difference is even the same yeah i don't even know what you do after that alphabetical order then no but then like say it's at what is it match week 38 or 32 i don't even know is it 32 and you go to head to head so between those two teams you have the best head-to-head record there you go hassan always dropping the knowledge anyway <laughs> those guys are second and third and then in fourth place you have levante which real madrid is going to play against and oh my god how are they in fourth place that's because they won two of their three games um yeah and then there's us in fifth place with five points six goals four two against sorry six goals four four against for a goal difference of two uh yeah two draws one win it's not a good look but this is an opportunity to creep into the top four and then hopefully make our way to the top spot thankfully with plenty of luck cross your fingers barcelona are in eighth place right now and let's just hope they stay there or sink even further down because i'll be so happy with four points <laughs> but give us a preview of this game it's gonna be, it's not gonna be the easiest of rides because i i think it was no sorry that was ibar i think for a second it's still gonna be a tricky game anyway because levante have had a good start uh, and usually when teams like that have a little bit of momentum they tend to carry it through plus they actually did beat Villarreal, which we didn't manage to do um but yeah no it, it won't be a complete pushover of a game but I, I i say i would expect them to get a result at home at least um just because we've got hazard in the team and like he's just he's going to do a madness just, of course he's going to do a madness it's Tiden hazard for god's sake hopefully uh, but, madness hopefully you can help well, yeah, it should be fine. I mean, like, he'll be playing. James Rodrigo is more than likely going to feature because Isco is still out. Modric got injured. I wrote a uh, sick so... article on that, by the way. Yeah, go and read it. I did read it earlier and it was very good. Did you really? Uh, yes, I did. I read it. Of oh, course I read it. You are so sweet. I love you. <laughs> love you. I read well, everything the guys put out, man. Come on, you got to back, you got to back your, own, uh, your own squadron. Oh, I um, thought it was... That's okay. Yeah, no... Um, so yeah, how much likely to feature with Isco and Modric both out? Um, Bale's in uh, obviously out of the game as well, so it'll be interesting to see who takes up the right flank. Probably will be Vinicius, and that's going to be a train wreck because he's just not very good on the right flank. Um, oh, Benzema, good. I'm hoping has a better game than he did against Villarreal because he was just miserable against Villarreal. Um, who knows? Maybe we could even see Jovic possibly feature. I think he is actually deemed fit enough to play. I want to hear who you think is going to start the back four. Because you, I know, I feel like we're shamelessly plugging a lot in this podcast, but it's been a while, so we're <laughs> shamelessly plugged. But you actually did write a sick article on Ferland Mendy and uh, Marcelo and kind of like yeah. looking who's going to get that number one spot on the left flank. Because last year it was Sergi Reguilon who was kind of like, you know, nudging him out of the way. But then this year there's like a new boy. He's a big boy. Like, you know, Spent good money, so got to get your yeah, money. Yeah, you've got obviously, as you said, Regulon kind of nudged Marcelo out of the line of last year. I, I do think Mendy's going to do the same this year because I just don't think Marcelo's the same beast that he was. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Mendy gets a nod against. He was very, very good against Villarreal. Just uh, had the most tackles and interceptions against uh, Villarreal of anyone in the squad with four apiece. 
he was pretty good going forward, played in across. Yeah, I think he completed 88% of his passes, something like that. You know what pissed uh, me just... about that game? Sorry, real quick. You know what really yeah, pissed me off? It's the first game in over three and a half years of Real Madrid that I didn't watch. Yeah, you didn't miss much, though, if I'm honest. Yeah, <laughs> like... no, playing, though. Three and a half years, Hassan. Over three and a half years. That's an impressive streak. That, that is an impressive streak. I've watched games in churches during weddings. <laughs> that is how deep this run has gone. And now it's like, boom, done, over. Yeah, and the, you didn't even get a win out of it as well, which is probably makes it worse. Yeah, pretty shit. Anyway, back to what you're saying, because that's actually important. Yeah, um, I, I think Mendy will gradually displace Marcelo from the lineup. I won't be surprised if he does get the nod again. I think that what Zidane will do is probably save Marcelo for the you know Champions League, that kind of thing. Um, so you'll probably see Mendy getting the get you know games like this, and obviously against the lesser sides in the league. So I wouldn't be surprised if he features uh, Ramos and Brand. Obviously, will feature because they just naturally will. Um, and I expect Carvel probably to feature at right back, typically as they all do, because. I'm just hoping he has a better game than he has done in recent weeks. He was pretty good against Real Ali. He's actually an improvement there. But the first two games, he was a nightmare. Um, Courtois obviously starting the net. But yeah, midfield's where it gets interesting, I think, because there's just injuries galore. Left, right, and centre. Isco and Modric, as I mentioned earlier, both out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how Zidane shapes up. I reckon he'll probably go with the typical 4-3-3 formation with maybe Hammers at the tip of the midfield three. I was actually just going to ask, do you think maybe Zidane may shift, play like a flat 4-4-2 with Hazard and Benzema up top, or maybe play with a diamond with, kind of like what you said, a 4-3-3, but with Hamas at the top of the diamond? Yeah, I think you'll more likely go with that, because it's sort of tried and tested and actually works a lot better than I think the 4-4-2 does. I I don't like the 4-4-2 at all, because I don't feel we have the personnel to play it. I feel like it only... Um, I haven't seen it work in real life, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he tried it against Villarreal. It just, it just didn't work. I mean, like Casemiro, who was doing a job he shouldn't have been doing in the sense of taking over the kind of position that Modric used to do so well, which was sort of playing the ball up front, uh, playing the ball sort of high up the high up the pitch. Like, don't get me wrong, he did well in every other aspect in terms of winning the ball back, breaking up play and stuff. But he's just not as good um, as our other midfielders are on the ball. His passing isn't great. He's not great with the ball at his feet, dribbling-wise. He's, he's just not really good enough for that kind of stuff. You just stick to what he is best at, and that's being the destroyer in midfield. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how uh, Zidane tackles that. But yeah, I think it'll probably be typically a 4-3-3 or something along those lines. It's only talking about the starting eleven. I just realized we may have overlooked one of the biggest storylines since we last did a podcast, and that's Kaylor Navas going to PSG. Yeah, I completely forgot that it happened, actually. It just kind of went under the radar, didn't it? Yeah, it was like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like... We knew it was coming. It wasn't you know, like, a surprise. You know, it's like, you know when like life is like just throwing you like shit? And then, <laughs> and then it just throws you like another piece of it? But then you're already like, eh. Oh, I've got so much. Yeah, you're just like, oh, it's already so shit. Like, whatever. <laughs> But then, yeah, you just ignore it because it's all shit. But, like, that was shit. Shit. It was sad because, obviously, Kaylor was... Uh, obviously, I, I did have sort of period of time where I wasn't the biggest fan of him, but he he, saw, he, he grew on me gradually. Um, obviously, it's sad. He grew on you gradually. Was... How am I going to take for him to grow on you? 
I don't know. Maybe it's performances. Okay. I just didn't think okay? he was that great to start with. Honestly, I'll, be, I'll hold my hands. But first, I didn't think he was yeah, the best Yeah, but like, how keeper. long did it take for him to grow on you? I think I'd say probably around this end of... Yeah, probably about the 17-18 season. The season where it all went wrong. 18? Jeez. Yeah, it took me a while. Okay. I what? don't know what it was, man. I don't know what it was. I just... He didn't convince me that much. It need, that, so, that needed to grow on you like weeds, you know? Yeah, like, literally. Literally. Like fast, like quickly. But, but I re- what respect, what like I respect a, about him? Table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, you can keep, I'll let you keep ranting on. Keep firing it out while you're there. You still got it in your system. Go on, keep coming. I, I'm done. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it took you till 17, 18 for you to appreciate. You do realize it's only like two seasons ago, right? Yeah, of course I realize this. <laughs> you are a funny kid, you know that? But yeah, as I say, he kind of, it, it was more of a perspective, like, he kind of, he was pretty much tossed out the club at one point. Like, well, virtually was tossed out. Well, pretty um, much. I mean, he, he kind of he wanted the move, but it was just because, like, he wasn't getting no, I think he was actually at the airport. I remember when he, obviously, we were about to sign De Gea and then the faction yeah, 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 saga. Yeah. So I don't know if I got the exact part. story right, but I'm pretty sure I read that he was at the airport, literally on about to board, board the flight. Yeah, with his wife. He was there with his wife. That's crazy, man. That that that's like that's what I mean. I like, I give him credit for his serious mental fortitude to come back from that. You know what? I was actually thinking of writing an article about it, but I think it's nuts that, like, who the hell is the replacement dude? Like, what if something happens to Tebow? Like uh, now well, we got we got Alphonse Ariola, and we got him in from a uh, PSG on a loan for a year. Who's that guy? Yeah, like... that was my reaction. I, I obviously I know who he is, but. Like in terms of quality and his ability, I don't actually know just how good he is. But at the end of the day, he's only going to be back up in the likelihood of an injury to the keeper. I swear to God, touch wood. Yeah, <laughs> um, had thirteen flipping injuries in two weeks of international break. I'm touching anything that's wooden in my room right now. Um, literally, he's it, yeah. The chance of a, an injury to a keeper, obviously, usually is quite slim. But um, I, I don't know how good our Ariola is as a backup. But yeah, whatever. I mean, I'd rather have kept Lunin in the squad. For another season, but then you don't want to start. Lunin or whatever you call him, Lunin. Oh, I thought you said Luca for a second. I was like, yo, there's he's something wrong crazy. With you. Sure. Like, he's if terrible. you said Luca, I would have been like, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. <laughs> we'll be back in another two months because Hassan needs to get checked in for sure. Yeah, no, no, I'd, I'd never want Luca Zidane because he's absolutely diabolical. He's abysmal. He's terrible. He's just every bad insulting word you can think he's that literally the man has literally got a career because of his surname um pretty well and yeah okay he's done well to linger at madrid like a bad smell for a few years but thank god he's finally gone hopefully we may never see him again um but yeah no i don't know maybe Ariola is a good enough backup who knows i think i need to watch some footage of him see how good he actually is because i saw a bit of mixed reporting on him some people absolutely clowning him. Some people lauding him. Some people saying it's a great move. Some people saying it's a disaster. So it's hard to tell, especially with so many knee-jerk reactions on the uh, social media platforms, the, especially in the way of Real Madrid fans. They're probably the most knee-jerk of all. Um, but yeah, who knows just how good this guy is. I guess we'll find out as the season progresses. Only time will tell. Speaking of social media, by the way, um, we didn't die, obviously, because you're listening to this podcast. But... <laughs> We're just having technical issues with our Twitter, so 
I hope you're not yeah, missing. Yeah, so only Mushtaq has access. So if you want to hassle anyone, hassle him. I, I have, have no access. Anymore. Dude, it oh, worked. Lost it. Okay. It worked for like two days when I was in England. And then I came back here, updated my phone, logged back into Twitter. And it's like, nah. I was like, I cool. Thanks, Twitter. Okay, well. Preach. Yeah, well, we have sort of taken it up with the relevant parties. We're hoping it comes back soon because we're missing it just as much as everyone else. If you, if you if I had the Twitter, you don't think I would have tweeted anything for like a week and a half? I, don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Jeez, what do you think of my work ethic? Like, what do you think of me as a person? Um, I'd rather not comment. <laughs> yeah, let's that for later. Oh my god. Yeah, no, it's 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 a uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things progress. Obviously, cause we've just got there's so many storylines through this season. Like, how does Vinicius bounce back after having a bit of a confidence crisis? That's that's the ongoing story at the moment. I, I think my, uh, my favorite storyline for this season, because also because it's like super contentious, is Hamas versus Isco. Especially with yeah. Marco Asensio out for you know pretty much the whole season, I think that for me is going to be the most interesting thing. Because all the other pieces, I, I think you can rotate and you can fit and can work. But I think those two, two are just head to head. Yeah, I like I see what you when mean. you when you play one or the other, you completely change the style of play. The formation, the defensive capabilities off the ball, on the ball, structure. Like, I don't think there are two players that are as polarizing on this team to the, like, the rigidity of the squad. I, I don't mean, like, locker room stuff. I mean, like, on the pitch and their ability to play cohesively as a unit as Isco and Hamas. Because I feel like everywhere else you could swap, you know, Vinicius with Bale, Hazard, Bale, Jovic, Benzema. The midfield, you got, you know, Fetty, Tony, Luca, Modric. Like, you know, earlier we talked, Mendy, Marcelo, Carvajal, Oriatola. Like, it's easy. They're like, you know, almost like for like players. Sure, there's a couple of skills one may have better than the other, naturally, of course. But with by and large, yeah. The Isco Hamas, it's like, boom, completely different guys. Yeah, you figure that one out. It's literally like that. Yeah, you know, like, Hamas, you get pace, great shot, amazing playmaking ability. You put Isco on the pitch, and it's like, it's, Isco is basically like a slow roast, and, like, Hamas is like a barbecue. It's like, boom, flames, you know, like, it's really quick, it looks great. It's like, it, it's scintillating to watch. It's amazing. Yeah, Hamas, you know, you're going to like quite spectacular, whereas Isco is kind of like the, yeah, you gotta, gradually build in, and then something will happen. Exactly. And then you got to like turn on the cooker. You got to like let it sit for like three or four hours. And then when you taste it, it tastes amazing. But it ju- it's just that that time. That's what a lot of people don't have patience for. People don't like how he slows down the game. I love it, but other people don't. Yeah, no, I can obviously it's always down to preference. I mean, I've always preferred hammers, as everyone's probably heard about 20 times over all the episodes that I've been on by this point. But yeah, it just comes down to... I mean, I can appreciate what Isco does, don't get me wrong, but I just, uh, I've always had a, a liking for the spectacular that Hamas brings in the sense of you, you'll know he's going to play an audacious ball or he's going to ping an absolute scream of a free kick or he's going to score from absolutely anywhere outside the box or even in the box sometimes. For, uh, for me, it depends who we're playing, though. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting a team against like a low block side, so like Levante's a perfect example for this. Levante or a team are probably going to sit slightly deeper you know, try and clog areas up against a team like that. Hammers is literally tailor made for those kind of teams because 
you don't need him to get in the box. You can just ping a shot from outside and just find the top corner that easily. Yeah, that's true. Whereas East Go, you need a game where there's space available um, and, and lines to break. And I guess a team like Levante and those kind of sides where they kind of just clog up all those kind of spaces, you find East Go kind of always runs into traffic or holds the ball for too long and then all the moves have died off or something along those lines. Whereas in those games where it's a bit more, I'd say, opened up, so, you know, against your Valencias and those kinds of guys where there's a bit more open space, those half spaces that he likes to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's perfect for that kind of guy. I, I'm I'm curious because you bring up an interesting point. So the first, you know, there's really two other really big teams in La Liga, of course, Atleti and Barca. So in my head, I know who I would start against Barca or Atleti. Who would you start against those teams between Isco and Hamas? The thing is, I'd take a different approach with both games because obviously Atletico are a very compact, rigid, organised system. So in that kind of game, I mean, you can make the argument for both of them, honest. No, uh, you, but like, who would you... Like, you got 30 seconds. There's your, la- like your last and final piece or essentially you, you're making your starting 11 around one of two guys. Who would you pick? Against, against Atletico, I'd probably go Hamas because I feel like he'd probably just be a bit more useful to just give us that, that different opportunity Mm-hmm. Uh, from working it into the box whereas against Barca I feel like East goes better for breaking down those lines and finding those runners that are making their way in so you know in this case Bale, Vinicius, Hazard one of those guys Okay I'm, sur- I'm surprised we agree because I was going to say the same thing but based on what you said earlier I thought we would have disagreed I'm just curious it was good though <laughs> Yeah no it's one of the few times as well um, Yeah, hey, no, we I just think don't agree kind of on, on squad selection yeah, we we did agree largely on that as well for for a change. <laughs> yeah, I will admit though, Hassan's scouting reporting is is superior to mine, just simply because you're more invested in like other players and teams as opposed to like I'm not. I'm more just really invested in like Real Madrid and what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised we're like on the same page with that. That's good though. It'll be interesting to see. Like that's why I love this storyline because I think it's one that. You and I are probably going to duke out a couple of times. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of games where we'll argue vice versa. You know, Zidane should have started one or the other instead of. Yeah, we'll revisit it at the end of the season and come up with a forfeit or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to come up a couple of times. So it'll be interesting. But anyways, um, any last thoughts, Hassan? Uh, not off the top of my head, no, other than enjoy Eden Hazard this weekend. That's all I can say to anybody and everybody. It's all I'm going to say to anybody and everybody for the next two days. Well, you heard it from Hassan. Enjoy Eden Hazard. If we get our Twitter back, hopefully we do, before Saturday's game, we'll definitely... Uh, I'll do Periscope. If Hassan's free, he'll probably join me. Um, but yeah, that about wraps it up. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I was going to say if you have questions let us know on twitter but i mean i guess we could see them you know what do it we'll look at our own profile even though we're not logged in (laughs) send us the questions and we will still answer them regardless thanks so much for listening guys don't forget two games this saturday 7 a.m for the men's 12 for the women's watch them both support the women's side let's go yeah peace out as always thank you and hala madrid